Hi, this is filmmaker and author Michael Morin. Whenever I'm not riding my bike around the Davis campus, I'm listening to KDVS College Radio right here. FM. Cool. This is Radio Parallax, a slightly different perspective from a slightly different view, with topics that include matters in science, technology, history, politics, current events, and whatever we damn well please. And now the host of Radio Parallax, Douglas Everett. Welcome to the program. As promised on last week's show, we have a special treat today. We'll be speaking in our second segment with Michelle Feynman. Michelle Feynman is the daughter of Richard P. Feynman, and she's put together um, a collection of his letters, his correspondence from the 1940s up to his death in 1988. The book is titled Perfectly Reasonable Deviations from the Beaten Track. Richard Feynman's book, Surely You're Joking, Mr. Feynman, subtitled Adventures of a Curious Character, is something that I think everyone should have on, on their shelf at home. Somewhere on your bookshelf you ought to have that one. Time Magazine called it uninhibited, saying Feynman rattles off his adventures in physics, biology, art, and music. He once played a sort of frying pan in a Brazilian samba band and has the nerve to describe himself as a one-sided guy. A chain reaction is not a bad analogy for Feynman's life. From a critical mass of gray matter, it goes off in all directions, producing both heat and light. Oh, he was also a a pretty good physicist as well, won the Nobel Prize in 1965. His book, QED, The Strange Theory of Light and Matter, was a, a sort of a, um, I wouldn't say introductory physics text, but sort of a classic physics text that dates back to the same era. And you may currently purchase at your local post office a stamp. Feynman is part of a series of stamps commemorating uh, notable scientists. We're very much looking forward to speaking with Michelle about her dad in segment two today. Please, do yourself a favor and stay tuned for that. But first, let's do our usual uh, usual start-up to the program and delve into a few current events. On this date in history, in 1693, this would be August 4th, 1693, champagne was invented by the monk Dom Perignon, who lived at the Benedictine Abbey of Houtvillers, or Houtvillier, I'm messing the French up, uh, in the region of Champagne in northern France. And on this date in 1735, freedom of the press was established in the United States as John Peter Zenger, publisher of the New York Weekly Journal, wins an acquittal award against libel charges placed by British royal governor William Crosby. Crosby tried to censor Zenger's attacks on the crown. And if my memory serves me correct... The, uh, the winning attorney in that was Alexander Hamilton's father. And on this date in 1922, every telephone in the United States and Canada went dead as switchboards and switching stations were shut down for one minute in memory of the device's inventor, Alexander Graham Bell, who had died two days before. And two days from now, August 6th, represents the 60th anniversary of uh, the 1945 dropping of the atomic bomb on Hiroshima. Uh, We will be, of course, as I mentioned, speaking with 
Michelle Feynman, uh, her dad worked on the Manhattan Project and was, uh, although he was a rather junior member, an important member of the team that uh, basically unleashed the atom onto the world. Our quote of the day is one we've used before, but I like it so much I think we ought to use it again. Andre Gide once said, Believe in those who are seeking the truth. Doubt those who find it. But I guess we ought to give you a fresh one too, so how about this one? W.H. Auden. We are all here on earth to help others. What on earth the others are here for, I don't know. Steve Robinson of UC Davis, who is actually at one time was actually at one time a, a DJ here at this radio station, successfully went out uh, on the space shuttle and removed some of the material they were concerned about that sticks up between the um, tiles that absorb heat during reentry. Uh, we we really hope that all goes well there, and that uh, you know, of course, there's no problem coming back in. The shuttle has been grounded. I'm not sure whether we're going to be sending up any more shuttles after this mission, but uh, but we certainly uh, you know we certainly wish the best for Steve Robinson and the rest of the crew. The Week magazine arrived on my doorstep uh, two days ago, and so I'm happy to uh, incorporate it as we like to do if we have it available into our show, particularly the Good Week Four, Bad Week Four section. The current issue calls it a good week for the indomitable human spirit after startled truckers reported that an 80-year-old German man was riding an electric wheelchair on the highway. After a brief pursuit at speeds of up to six miles an hour, the suspect was apprehended by police and returned to his local retirement home. On the other hand, it was a bad week for three things I think we should tell you about. First of all, it was a bad week for gullibility. After a Sicilian woman gave her life savings of 50,000 euros to buy two pills. If she didn't take the pills, two scammers told her, she'd give birth to the son of the Antichrist. And it was judged a bad week for thinking things through when Stephen King, age 17, of Texas, called police to report that marijuana had been stolen from his apartment. The responding officers took down King's statement, then arrested him for possession of all the drugs that hadn't been stolen from his apartment, including an ecstasy tablet and several marijuana plants under heat lamps. And it was judged a bad week for equal rights after a member of the Ugandan parliament offered to pay the college tuition of virgins graduating from high school. But the offer was only open to females and requires applicants submit to a full gynecologic exam. And from the Only in America file, we have a couple of items that are worthy of mention. An anti-pornography campaigner has asked conservative groups to raise $3 million so she can conduct MRI scans on thousands of porn users' brains. 
Dr. Judith Reisman of California is hoping to confirm her theory that pornography is an actual poison, specifically an erotoxin that inflicts physical damage on the human brain. If the studies prove her right, Reisman believes, quote, these toxic media should be legally outlawed, as is all other toxic waste. I'm surprised she just doesn't go to the Bush administration to, uh, to seek uh, federal funding for this. She might, she might find that falls on receptive ears. All right, part two, only in America. In an attempt to avoid costly lawsuits, schools in Broward County, Florida, have erected no running signs on their playgrounds. Swings, hand-pulled merry-go-rounds, and other equipment with moving parts have also been eliminated in the district, which has paid out $671,000 to settle 189 claims for playground injuries since 1999. To say no running on the playground seems crazy, said school board member Robin Bartleman, but your feelings change when you're in a closed-door meeting with lawyers. Do you think this country just maybe, just just maybe has a few too many lawyers? We have 4% of the world's population and we have 80% of the world's lawyers. And apparently these lawyers don't have enough mischief to get into. So Broward County, Florida had to pull all, repeat this, all of their swings, hand-pulled merry-go-rounds and other equipment with moving parts. Thanks to the action of lawyers, children in America have the same opportunity to play out in the playground uh, as do children in Burkina Faso. Actually, correction. I'm sure that in Burkina Faso, children are still allowed to run on the playground and, and probably have something that has a moving part. So we, we should really say thank you, the Lords of America, for making our nation a better place to live. How about this item? Rafael Palmero, baseball star, is saying he's never intentionally used steroids. He said that in congressional testimony on Capitol Hill last March, and he's still saying it, despite the fact that uh, it seems rather unlikely that he unintentionally took a steroid like stanozolol. It is uh, considered a very serious steroid by baseball officials. They noted that uh, another steroid, nandrolone, occasionally has been associated with contamination but not this baby. This stuff's a potent anabolic steroid. It's the one that put Ben Johnson on the map. It's, it comes in either oral or injectable forms. Palmero did not take this accidentally in his muscle cream. I don't know if anybody noticed uh, Doonesbury last Sunday. Probably worth trying to translate this into radio, although obviously cartoons and radio don't always mix. Mr. Butts, the, uh, the cigarette logo, the walking sort of character that represents the tobacco industry, returned to the strip, saying, uh, hey, boy, am I relieved. This smile comes from the fact that, well, for five years, big tobacco has looked on with envy as the administration's gotten into bed with big oil, big steel, big sugar, and others. We wondered, hey, what about us? We shouldn't have wondered. Last month, our good friends at the Justice Department overruled their own lawyers, reducing a potential $130 billion industry settlement to a very affordable $14 billion. And here's the beauty part. We don't even have to negotiate. How can we ever repay the administration for its interference? He goes on to suggest they, they might find a way. Paul, to get caught would surely be the death of us all. Smoking in the boys' 
we, we mentioned that that little item on the show previously, and uh, yeah, we'll come back to it. it. It's what's up with that? 130 billion to 14, and it's true. They didn't even have to ask for it, at least not uh, not openly. But in that cartoon, mentioning sugar sort of uh, uh, struck a chord with me because I was playing Coke Roulette. Uh, recently, I, I bought a can of Coca-Cola, which is a beverage I do in, indulge in now and again, and noted that, it, as is often the case, it tasted horrible because it had high fructose corn syrup in it, and uh, it gives it a real funny off taste, like cheap, cheap sodas. Coca does this once in a while because it saves, I don't know, a penny a can for sugar, but I just realized that when they mentioned in that cartoon that sugar's been in bed with the Bush administration, it is true. Americans pay something like three times the price for sugar that other nations do. In fact, an article in the Sacramento Bee on July 31st noted that the world price per pound for raw sugar was 8.6 cents. That compares to 20 cents in the United States. The article goes on to note that the sugar industry has been fighting to preserve its profit margins for years. In the early 1980s, cheaper-priced corn sweeteners overtook about half of the refined sugar industry's traditional U.S. market, most notably the massive soda pop business. I thought of that little item, too, when I was in the grocery shelf buying some of those uh, those uh, fruit drinks. Kearns is a wonderful, uh, wonderful beverage maker. They have all of these various fruit drinks like guava, apricot, pear, strawberry, etc. But if you may have noticed, in recent years, they taste funny. They taste funny because they're not using sugar anymore. They're using corn syrup. Corn syrup contains a lot of fructose and some other sugars besides sucrose, your table sugar, um, and and that's what gives it partly what gives it that off taste, plus other elements that are in the syrup from the corn. It's it's crappy stuff, and if for no other reason than to improve the quality of our fruit drinks, I think we should stop the subsidy of what are basically a lot of sugarcane growers down in Florida. A lot of people are very uh, upset about aspartame, a sugar substitute, but uh, I'm, I'm much more concerned about this new stuff, Splenda. I mean, aspartame is made with two amino acids. Your body knows what to do with amino acids. I'm sure if you eat a piece of chicken, you're going to have the exact component that is in aspartame, and these you know two amino acids linked together. This new stuff, sucralose, is uh, basically, <laughs> they use phosgene and chlorine to to tweak the molecules and replace um, oxygen atoms and carbon atoms with chlorine so that when your body splits apart this sugar thinking it's about to metabolize it, it doesn't know what to do with it so you excrete it. It isn't metabolized, but the idea of having chlorine in your sugar, it just doesn't seem right. And and yes, yes, I do realize that table salt is sodium chloride, but it's a, a different kettle of fish, believe me. Being we are a university station, we're gonna we'll try to bring a nutritionist on to talk, uh, to actually make some good guesses about uh, some of these compounds. Aspartame, by the way, has been the most tested compound in FDA history. In my medical opinion, I, I don't think we have to worry about that one. And I realize there have been occasional studies uh, that you know show there may be an issue with it, and they should do those studies and should continue to do them. Sugar. Let's take a break. We're going to return with Michelle Feynman, who's done an excellent job of editing uh, the letters of her dad, Richard P. Feynman. You're going to want to hear this. 
This is KDVS 90.3 FM. I'm your host, Douglas Everett, and you are listening to Radio Parallax. of loving you I just can't believe it's true I just can't believe the wonder of this feeling 